It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Let's roll. It is a football Sunday, week 11 in the NFL. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Let's get it going as we always do here on the show. First off, how are you doing? Doing Good. all right? Yeah. Good. How are you? Uh, you know, weird college day. Weird college day yesterday. Mixed bag. Some good, some infuriating. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank, thanks, uh, thanks for not making a PAT, Iowa. We 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 greatly appreciate it uh, here on the desk. But uh, uh, college football, uh, the biggest thing out of yesterday was actually a game that wasn't even on the regular board. Was Jordan Travis goes down yes. for Florida State with a really gnarly looking leg injury, uh, so his season is done. And Florida State will get Florida, who nearly pulled a big upset in in Columbia, Missouri yesterday. Uh, but it is going to be a fascinating last two weeks in the college football season. Of course, we'll be with you all week because the big game of the of the season, we've been waiting for it since the beginning of the year, Michigan hosting Ohio State. We'll give you that preview next week on the show, and we will have a lot to talk about on that game uh, where it will be interesting to see where those numbers open. Michigan will be favored just a matter of by how much. And again, two weeks away from an SEC title game. That's going to mean a lot with Alabama and Georgia. Very excited for the conference championships coming up and bowl season. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the playoff rankings here moving forward. But sad that the college football season is One going week. so fast, but a lot of good things to look forward to. Ah, and UNLV uh, playing to uh, host the Mountain West title game next week. As everyone expected. No, not quite. Only Matt Neverett expected that. At the beginning of the year, he might be able to take the most epic victory lap of all time if UNLV ends up pulling it off and winning the Mountain West. By the way, before we get rolling here, shout out to a few places that are showing us here this morning. Of course, in the old stomping grounds of our guy, Jimmy Vaccaro, Dom's Pizzeria, Trafford, PA. Shout out there. We'll have the Steelers and the Browns in a second to talk about. Uh, Steiners as well. Uh, three locations here in the Las Vegas Valley. Uh, listening to us this morning. And then, of course, Oasis right here in town as well. So shout out to the Doms, Oasis, Steiners. We're happy you're with us this morning. And also, if you happen to be listening and own a business out there, you want us on, just uh, reach out to our guy, Chris Andrews. We can we can have that conversation here at the South Point Studio in Sports by the Buck. All right, let's do it. Let's start there. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, first one on the rotation number, 451-452. We know that it won't beat Deshaun Watson. His season is over. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Gets his second career start. The first one was an absolute disaster. <laughs> Again, in a weird circumstance, that first game where Watson, we, like, we didn't even know Watson was hurt until Friday. And then it's like, all right, well, maybe he won't play. Maybe he will play. We get the report Saturday. Oh, Watson's good. All right, good, good enough. And then on Sunday morning, when this show's about to start, it's like, oh, Deshaun Watson, not playing, out, great. Rob, uh, Thompson Robinson looked totally overmatched. Uh, but now after uh, a few starts of P.J. Walker, Kevin Stefanski and company going to the fourth-round rookie here against Pittsburgh, who has had the lucky horseshoe in their back pocket all year long, a pair of six-and-three teams. Alex, big action on Cleveland this morning here at the South Point and across the market, as high as two-and-a-half now. Behind us, it's two. This total's also been bopped up two points this morning from 33 to 35, so... All right, this is going to be the theme of today. A lot of action, a lot of movement here early this morning 
on a whole collection of these games, and this one is leading the pack in that movement. And a lot of favorites, too. I jumped on the Browns early when I grabbed them at Pickham. I do think they can get it done here. We know what we we're going to get with P.J. Walker, right? So I'm not mad about this move with DTR. I think he'll be improved from that game against the Ravens. But most importantly in this game, the Browns' defense. And yes, the Steelers stole a win in that first matchup, 26-22. And their offense has improved. But I also think this Cleveland's defense has improved. They're going to make the plays to change this game and to be able to take this win. Cleveland at home, defensively has been the best unit in the NFL. Uh, and that includes the top-notch offenses, including Miami at home, who's been obviously stellar. But to me, Cleveland's defense at home has been the best unit in the NFL. And we have seen a decided difference of them at home as opposed to them on the road. We saw it last week. They gave up 31. They gave up 38 to Indianapolis on the road. And at home... Their high watermark is that 28 against Baltimore in week four, which was not their fault. That was, again, DTR was just not ready for that at that point. Uh, but a three against Cincinnati, a three against Tennessee. Hailed the Niners to 17 and won that game in a big upset earlier in the year, as we know. Shut out uh, Arizona. Clayton Toon was just so badly overmatched that it didn't matter. But this is, I'm not betting this one. I'm not betting this one because it really does feel like Will Pittsburgh? The question is always what a Pittsburgh game is. Will they be able to find it at the right time in the games? And we have seen it every, every pretty much every win this year. We're in the fourth quarter. Every offense has looked mediocre to get an out game, and then Kenny Pickett finds a way at the end of the game. Last week was backwards because it was early that they built the lead. Uh, they go, got the block PAT early yep. in the game and found a way and turned Love over twice in that fourth quarter. Uh, but this is this is a really hard game for me, Alex. I just I don't want to lay points with a rookie quarterback who really looked terrible in his first start. But I have no interest in go. I have no interest in betting on Pittsburgh, even though they found a way basically in every game this year. Yeah, and I don't blame you. And we know this is going to be a tough game. This division is tough. We just saw the Ravens and Bengals play, and this is like the black and blue division, right? They all play tough. But as you mentioned, even with those bad numbers on the road with Cleveland's defense. They're still first in yards allowed per drive, second in points allowed per drive, and top 10 against the pass and the run this entire season, home or away. Let's uh, go to the next one on the card. Arizona on the road in Houston. Boy, if I told you a month ago that this would be one of the more intriguing games of the day, I think it would have laughed me off the set. But here we are. The Texans hold the last playoff spot in the AFC right now. Arizona last week with Kyler Murray back, a really nice win at home. Kyler looked pretty darn good, all things considered, uh, in a 25-23 win over Atlanta a week ago. Houston, of course, well-documented. C.J. Stroud with the historic day for a rookie two weeks ago in their win over Tampa. And then last week, going on the road and beating Cincinnati, and really, in all honesty, with what happened on Thursday night, making it extraordinarily difficult for Cincinnati now to... Uh, Find a playoff berth with Jake Browning. Uh, Cincinnati won that game. They have a little leeway even with Burrow going out. But now there's no margin of error at all for Cincinnati with a guy who has played um, one half of football. But for here we go, Alex. This is as high as six earlier in the week. Not for long, but earlier in the week. Five and a half now after being down as low as four and a half on this one. Houston favored at home. Total 48. We talk about selling high and buying low. 
This is not a buy low on Arizona. It just isn't. But it does feel like a sell high on Houston, where everyone is excited, and rightfully so, about a guy in C.J. Stroud who has been awesome this year. He is the runaway offensive rookie of the year. But I'm not certain this Houston team should be pushing six against anyone in the league. And Arizona, what have we said about Arizona all year, even before Kyler came back? They play hard. Oh, yeah. They're in games, especially early in the game. The only game they were non-competitive in was the Browns game, and that was because they had a quarterback who was not capable of being competitive against Cleveland. I think it's a good spot for Arizona. I want to see a six before kick again. If I don't, I guess I'll take the five and a half, and if it lands six, I only have myself to blame. Uh, but I would not be shocked if Arizona wins this game outright, Alex. I wouldn't either, and I took over 47 and a half. I like expect a shootout here. Two athletic quarterbacks, both very confident, especially C.J. Stroud right now, but as you mentioned, Kyler Murray did not look rusty at all. 249 passing yards and a rushing touchdown in his first game back. So I'm expecting a lot of points in this one and a little bit back and forth. So I don't mind that with the points with the Cardinals. Arizona, again, probably not in the mix for that number one pick overall anymore. Carolina, of course, that pick would go to Ryan McCormick's Bears, uh, regardless of what happens there. The Giants, we'll get to in a minute. Uh, not looking like an NFL team the last two weeks. Uh, Arizona is probably going to end up with with Kyler Murray healthy. It would not shock me if Arizona ends up winning five games, which uh, not would not be great if you had that preseason under, which was as low as three and a half. Uh, I wouldn't be feeling too good about that anyway right now. Would you say Kyler Murray is still proving himself himself still playing to keep that job in Arizona? Yeah, yeah I, I, I would I would agree with the second part of that. I would agree with the second part of that because whenever you have a new regime, which it is in Arizona, new GM, new head coach, you, everyone's, I, I know it's an old cliche, but everyone's job is on the line at, at that point. And for Kyler, where, look, I think part of the reason Kyler has not hit the ceiling of what you would want out of a number one overall pick, there's two factors. One, it's very hard to be great in the NFL when you're that small. And two, Cliff Ken Kingsbury was bad. He was a bad NFL head coach. And now, look, I don't know what Jonathan Gannon is yet. The re early returns look fine for having no roster and them being in all but one game so far this year. Uh, but look, there is a legitimate, with, with the way the quarterback play is gone, there's a legitimate argument to be made if Kyler Murray is fully healthy and in the right system. Kyler Murray could very easily be a top seven quarterback in this league, even with the lack of height, even with the turnover problems we've seen in the past. That just kind of just says more about what the quarterbacking in the league is right now more than anything, for what it's worth, I think Kyler Murray is going to be there long term. I, I, I think they would have moved him already, uh, but and also now they're not even Houston. They have Houston's pick as well. Neither of those picks are going to be as high as we thought they were going to be right. in all likelihood. So and the Giants are going to be taking the quarterback if they're picking that high. I know the rumblings out of Chicago are they all they would something really bad would happen to Fields. I'm not buying that. I expect Chicago to take a quarterback at number one if they have Carolina's pick. Uh, this year. So if Carolina's pick lands one, I should say. Uh, but yeah, I, I it's a good question though. It's a good question because like, again, we're dealing with a guy who was the first overall pick. Right. You expect him to we expect to know what he really is even though I think I know what he is we're still not all the way certain with Kyler Murray. Alright, Alex I'm gonna, the floor is going to be on you on this game because I crossed this one out immediately. No thanks. Green Bay and the Chargers. Chargers, three-point favorites on the road at Lambeau, 44 to total. Alex, 
The floor is yours. I have no clue what to expect in this game other than someone is probably going to be driving with the ball down four late. I completely agree. I think the number is right on the side and the total. I had to dive in here. I told you I was going to look for some props in this game. So the most interesting thing I found is Green Bay is giving up the least amount of passing touchdowns this year. They have only given up eight all year. Only one quarterback has thrown two or more in a game, and that was Kirk Cousins in week seven. And he's seen some good quarterbacks. We have Wilson, Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Carr, Justin Fields held them all to one passing touchdown. So that I had to throw that out for Justin Fields. If you're interested in under one and a half, it's minus 104, but he has thrown two or more in five of his nine games. So I took a little shot on Justin Herbert to score a touchdown at plus 550. He has three rushing touchdowns on the season, and we saw them against similar defenses to the Packers right mm -hmm. here. Not giving up a lot of passing, but not great against the run. So that's the, that's the best I could find for you. I mean, of course, Austin Eckler, anytime touchdown is good too, but it's minus 118, and I prefer some plus money when you're going for props like that. But yeah, I think the number's right there. I, I lean to the Chargers. I think they get this win. They have looked better in the last three weeks, and I know they haven't played great teams, but we have um, seen their offense really clicking. It's their defense that has been the biggest struggle. You know, it's the Chargers' defense is exactly who we thought they were. We saw it last week. It just no one stopped anyone in that game against Detroit. The Packers, I, I this will come off weird. The Packers, I don't think, are as bad as their record show. I agree, but. I think Jordan Love is as bad as he showed. And that's why they're three and six, because the quarterback is not any good. And if they had reasonable quarterback play this year, they'd be right in the mix in the NFC playoff chase. They'd probably be where Minnesota is right now. Uh, but in the end here, it's the Chargers. I, I, they're the one team this year, except for totals now. I, I just can't do anything with them. I, you kind of know what their games are going to be. They're more likely they're not going to be close. But I don't know which direction it's right. going to end up being with the Chargers and the Packers. All right, let's uh, let's go to the Giants and the Commanders here. Biggest favorite the Commanders have been in some time, Alex. They're nine behind us. It's eight and a half. Even some eight in the market now on this game. So people betting on Tommy DeVito here in this one. Thirty-nine the total. I look. I. I don't love laying a lot of points with a team that's not any good, but they're playing a team that playing a, a guy who barely should be in the league. It probably shouldn't be in the league. I'm not even sure if Tommy DeVito would be a top flight XFL quarterback at this point. So uh, look, could the Giants defense play well like they did against the commanders about a month ago when they beat them 14, seven? Sure. Absolutely. And this game could stay close because of that. But when push comes to shove here, in order to cover this game, I think the Giants need to score 10 points. I'm not sure they're going to do that today, Alex. This feels like deja vu from yesterday because you were on Georgia and I said, take the points with Tennessee, and that did not go my way. Yeah. But I jumped in, I grabbed the 10 with the Giants, and I know it sounds awful, but I agree with you. I think their defense can hold them in, in this game. I know that the commanders have looked better, but, and Sam Howell, really, I mean, he is, he's, much improved, but I think their defense can keep them in this game. It's such a low total with that 10 points. I don't think I would jump in any lower than the 10, though. It, so you would, you're not, this morning, nothing. 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 nothing at eight and a half. 
and nine right now in the market on this game. I, I will say this. Sam Howell leads the, the NFL in passing yards right now. Uh, again, passing yards, I don't really love that type of stat stat for evaluating quarterback play uh, because, remember, Blake Bortles led the league in passing yards multiple times, mostly because Jacksonville was trailing by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter a lot. Uh, but I will give this to Hal, where at the beginning of the year, and, and we back there with Chris and Vinny watching the games in week one, especially when they played Arizona, we didn't know Arizona was going to be a competitive bad team as opposed to a historically bad team at that point. But Hal looked so lost, and he didn't he had no sense of anything around him in that game. And to see him get to the guy he was last week, where he was great in that game last week in Seattle, it was not his fault they lost that game. The commander defense was at fault for losing that game. But Hal was making sound decisions. He was making high-level throws. Now, look, is Sam Howell a long-term option in Washington? Who knows? Right now? Kind of looks like he is. And against the team that really made him look bad a few weeks ago, the Giants, that was a 14-7 game, Alex. That was a horrible football game. And I expect Sam Howell to be better. And I expect him to adjust with seeing an opponent for the second time. And I trust Eric Bieniemy. I think it's pretty clear with what we've seen from the Washington offense this year that Eric Bieniemy deserves to be a head coach in this, in this league. Uh, I am going to lay this with Washington. Uh, but I'm sure I won't like myself when this game is 13-6 to late in the game and I need Washington to kick a field goal to get me home here. So one thing you just said that kind of leads to another point for the Giants here is they're not good against the run. They are They are not. They are <laughs> giving up the most rushing touchdowns and allowing 4.7 rushing yards per rush time. But they're not bad against the pass and they have... And I think that's how they slowed them down the first time. So we'll see. Maybe Sam Howell comes out and has a great game. But taking the 10 with the Giants. Well, they uh, in that first game, they just got a ton of pressure in that, in that first game. Washington's offensive line really struggled. And, and look, for the Giants' defense, it, it depends on what version of the defense we're getting. Are we going to get the defense that at times this year has looked really, really good? Like against the Bills? Uh, the well. Yeah, the Buffalo game, they look good uh, other than the two drives. The Washington game, the Jet game, uh, I just mentioned a few bad offenses. Uh, w- uh, one very bad offense at the end there. Uh, but, or, again, it's one thing of is the effort in vain where with Tommy DeVito playing, it really feels like it is. Where they had no, once Daniel Jones went out of that game against the Raiders, they completely gave up. Yes. And I don't blame them for that. Last week, the game was even with it getting a stop early in the game on Dallas – as soon as Dallas got up by more than a touchdown, the game was good night. See you later. You're not making that up against the Cowboys. I am just curious to see what that effort is for Big Blue on the defensive side of the ball in that one. All right, I want to hit one more real quick before we bring Vinny in. AFC South, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Jags at home, six and a half point favorites. This at seven was good with Tennessee. I, I, that, that's all I'll say. I would not chase the six and a half. I would stay out of this game. I would also consider playing it in the fashion that you played this game, Alex. So I did. I teased the Jags down to half a point. So they just have to win the game. So got to keep Tennessee contained here. But this Tennessee Titans team is there. This team to me is like you feel about the Chargers. Okay. I don't know what to do with them betting wise because they are so talented. We just don't know which team we're going to get. We talk about their defense being bend but don't break. But now we're seeing them give up more touchdowns here late. 
Um, Baker Mayfield went 18 for 29 with 278 yards and two touchdowns last week. They made him look very good. Then on the flip side, now with the, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, I think you can argue that he's a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So I do think the Jags get it done here. It's also a great bounce back spot for them. Bad spot last week against the Niners, and they were just outmatched. I don't think it's you can make the argument. Trevor Lawrence is better than Baker Mayfield. And there is one counter to that with, with Lawrence, though. I'm not convinced he's fully healthy. He's had that knee brace on for the better portion of a month now since that game in New Orleans. He really looked bad last week. Now, there are some questions about how that offense is, going, is being coordinated right now. Uh, there is a lot of rumblings that people are not happy with Press Taylor, the, the offensive play caller. And based off of watching them the last few weeks, I don't really blame that. I think the play calling has gotten a little bit funky since Trevor Lawrence suffered that knee injury of, about a month ago now. And now you play Tennessee where, look, you're Jacksonville here. You're supposed to be the best team in the division. I still think they are the best team in the division. But you got to handle your business here. Yes. You're at home. You're playing a rookie quarterback. Again, I thought seven was too much. But if you're a good team, you do come out and you cover that number and you win this game. I just think with Tennessee, the back door is going to be open. And Levis, even though it was a rough week last week for Levis, I like what I've seen so far through the three games he has played. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Vinny Maliulo going to join us next. Comfortable Vinny here today on a Sunday on Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. That's the Christmas tree in the sports book. People That's getting right. ready for an NFL Sunday. 
And hopefully uh, you're getting ready yourselves watching us here on Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Hey, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, if you're watching us on YouTube, hey, just hit it. It's free. It helps everyone. Let's you know when the shows are about to begin. Give you some notifications. And the best part, as I said, it's free. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's here. And in the studio, Vinny Maliulo here as well. Chenzo, good to see you as always. Hit the subscribe button. We'll put you on the tree. Put you on the Christmas tree. On the tree. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Put a little uh, honey, honey, I shrunk the kids. Uh, That's get right. Put you on right there. on the tree. On put there. your so, little so angel Vinny, on there. I, I want to ask you, ask you two things real quick yeah. that are not NFL. Ask me as many as you want. Number outside. one, Formula One race. We're talking with Chris in the back. Mm-hmm. Max Verstappen, shockingly, wins again. His with 18th the, win of the year. With a five-second penalty. With a five-second penalty, he still found a way. How's that? That was a good result for you guys, though. Basically, anyone but... Verstappen was the good result. Anyone else well, was the bad result. When you look, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember. Even Tiger Woods was at least like two to one yeah. in the future <laughs> books. I mean, Verstappen at minus anywhere from three fifty to minus five dollars. Uh, that that prohibitive a favorite. So yeah, it was a good result. It was interesting, right? Was, hey, listen, it was a. Uh, I did watch it. It was a, an interesting event, and um, you know what? Let's uh, let's see how it how it moves forward. But the the result was fine. I mean, overall, it was a. Uh, it was a fair day. I, I look at it again when you're the house and, you know, people are putting up 11 to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those days where it, it was it was back and forth and a back and forth day, even with a back and forth day as the house, uh, it usually bodes well because of the juice. Jordan Travis injury. Yeah, Real big quick. injury. Obviously, this season's done. Gruesome-looking leg injury yeah. uh, that ESPN decided to show about 20 times too many. Mm-hmm. Uh how does that impact things here, Vinny? Because you know, they play Florida this week. They're going to be in the ACC title game against Louisville. Mm-hmm. And if they win both of those games, they still could be in the college football playoff without Jordan. Drake. Well, you would you would hope that the committee just looks at the body of work, right? But I mean, and and not, you know, I hate to see the committee start turning into ratings and and and, and not rankings like that for us. Now, from from our perspective, I mean, Jordan Travis go. Let's say they get to the. Uh, uh, to the final four, or even before that, right? I mean, not his easy game the next two he, weeks. He, now. He's, he, they've got their they've got their hands full. I mean, they've had some close games as it is during uh, d- during the course of the year, right? Even you go back to the to the BC game, uh, you know, a couple of months back. Um, you know, I think you have to start at at four points and probably go north of there, anywhere from uh, four to six points, depending on the opponent and and these opponents, these next two. Are are not easy outs. Uh, you've got a rivalry game, right, with Florida, and then you've got the you know Louisville. A, a Louisville team that's up tempo, loves to get, you know uh, get up and down the field. Uh, and if they do get to the playoffs, I mean, look at look at that gauntlet. So it's it's going to be it's going to be real difficult. For uh, Tate Rotemaker is now the quarterback for Florida State. Uh, Florida needs to beat Florida State to get bowl eligible. Yeah. Uh, Louisville would be going for the best year in program history yeah. with a win in the ACC title game. Uh, if the I would imagine the committee would, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I would imagine the committee would not hate seeing Florida State losing one of these last two to find an excuse to keep them out. I, listen, it, there's no question that given the fact that uh, you're going to have more than you, the, the, the the possibility, maybe in the likelihood, uh, but the, the strong possibility that more than four teams are going to be undefeated, they don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I can tell you that. Can't wait for that game here 
in two weeks because it's going to, in all likelihood, be Washington and Oregon, which is going Looks to like determine it. a play, which to me should determine a playoff spot. I, uh, I don't know if it will because there could be some funkiness around there, but we'll see. We'll, well see. look at look at what the committee's done with the with the Pac-12 for years, right? I mean, it's they've been out of sight, out of mind almost. I mean, now you can't say it's the TV package this year because Washington and Oregon have been on on television, you know, every, just like every one of their teams. And I mean, you look at the if if you look at the, the body of work and the strength of the entire conference, look at what Arizona has done, right, right Alex? I mean, when you start looking Nine and at three. The over see what what the committee doesn't necessarily look at is the uh, I don't think they look at at the conference enough when I think it's specifically just looking at team you just can't look at teams now in in our ratings yeah sure we 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 have uh, power ratings for teams but you've also got to rate the conference. And I know that's something that you you look at, Alex. Yeah, that's a great point. And from top to bottom, that Pac-12 has been very competitive yes. all year long. And, mm-hmm. and look at the SEC even, how down they are. I mean, it's a pretty big jump from sure. Georgia to Tennessee yeah. that I didn't even realize that I need to adjust now. So you you make a great point. I hope I really hope a Pac-12 team is in this year. Let's uh, go to the NFL, Vinny. This has been a big-time movement morning, as big of a movement yeah. morning as we've seen all season. Uh, we mentioned Cleveland and Pittsburgh, where that has jumped all over the map here. Uh, Cleveland currently two. Finally saw some buyback on that over move back to 34 and a half on that. Yeah, just now, now actually, two yeah. uh, from 35. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then Washington down to eight and a half here behind us. There's some eight in the market as well on that game. And then a few games we haven't mentioned so far. The bed Miami up to 14 against the Raiders. They're betting the Niners up to 13 and a half against the Lions. They're betting Buffalo as high as eight and a half in the market, eight here at the South Point. Uh, and uh, Vinny, they, they've been betting the Rams all weekend, now one and a half point favorite. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So the Rams would be going for a, uh, a regular season sweep of uh, uh, of the Seahawks, right? And, and remember that first week where their offensive line really did a, a, a great job in protecting Stafford and uh, particularly the second half. Well, you know, let's remember this. Cooper Cup did not play in that game. That was the coming out party for uh, Nakua, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, now they they seem to be okay offensively. I, it, it's about the uh, the Rams today. I mean, again, uh, this is a game that opened with the Seahawks two and a half. Remember here at South Point, Chris releases the NFL numbers on Sunday night, uh, right after the uh, 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 halftime of the uh, the primetime game, uh, and it was. Uh, it's been a pretty steady uh, flow of Rams money uh, all during the course of, of the week, but in the last uh, 24 hours, uh, lots of Rams money here. So now the running backs are still out, so you, you wonder how that's going to impact things. But uh, being uh, fully, uh, fully committed and uh, fully uh, with all the wide receivers available, uh, that's, uh, this should be an interesting one. I don't know. If, do you have a play in this one, Alex? Did you make a – or, or – okay. I want to know. I want to know what Alex's play is. I don't have to wait, do I? No, you don't That's have to. No, go ahead. Did, 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 you, did, did, did you bet anything there or no? So I did. So I took plus one with the Rams early in the week. Good for the you. The line moved in my direction. I jumped on the Seahawks this morning. I teased them up to seven and a half to throw them in one of my teasers. So I do think it's going to be a close game. Uh-huh. And uh, Seahawks have the revenge factor from week one. Yeah. But as you mentioned, I mean, the Rams coming off a bye week, and this is the healthiest Rams team we've seen in a long time. So I expect a very close game. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, listen, you know, both both defenses, decent, not, you know, they're, they're 
uh, they're pretty good. Uh, I I mean, it comes down to quarterback play. Which quarterback really uh, has the better game, right? And if if you're looking at it, I mean, look at Stafford. And uh, who would you rather have, uh, Stafford or uh, Geno Smith? With all due respect to Geno Smith, so we'll just see how that thumb injury. I mean, he has had two yeah. weeks off, so you would think he would uh, take the appropriate amount of time to get mm-hmm. back fully healthy. Vinny, the uh, the board just lit up like a Christmas tree on Dallas and Carolina. Yeah, also I'm here. At that. Uh, up to 11, 11 on the Cowboys. Uh, total also got bopped up to uh, 43. So I, they're loving the, the big favorites here today. I, I well, mean, here, here's what they're loving. And, and Chris and I were just looking at this too. And this is a classic example, right? The Cowboys, they're in every teaser and every money line parlay. Sure. Now, do, do you normally move uh, off of teasers and, and, and parlays? Well, not you, you almost have to at some point because – there's that accumulation, right? And you know the other part of it is uh, this is this is a game. You know, even though it's in the morning, it's setting up the afternoon. We oftentimes talk about you know the afternoon and what's going to it. Well, this is one of the games that's setting up two multiple you know multi-leg selections in terms of teasers and money line parlays going to the afternoon, Alex. So it looks like the dogs that they're supporting are the Giants because that is. It's yeah. moved and the Bears, right? But besides mm-hmm. that, it's been all those big favorites. But the, but the, yeah, and you know the Lions, lion game, the Lions, it? yeah, that's interesting. Ten, it was ten, went to ten and a half. You know now to you know eight. Um, I, I, there's actually support for both sides. I think when you look at the general public, more, uh, you know, more multi legs to the favorite there. Um, you know, with fields back now, I think more season betters like Alex are looking to take as many points as possible on teasers. And, uh, you know, when, if you can get, let's say you add, you know, six, uh, or six and a half, right. To get better than two touchdowns with the dog there. It's, uh, that's something that's uh, probably attractive as well. Again, these favorites, uh, Miami from 10 to 14 this week. Yeah. Uh, Dallas again, up to 11, the Niners. 13 and a half now from a, from 10 and a half Buffalo. I don't think, I don't think we're done seeing Buffalo movement. I, I was telling this to Alex before the show. I think that thing's closing nine, nine, nine or nine and a half. Well, you, you got, you got the battle of, of two teams uh, with the uh, uh, players only meetings in the last, in the last couple sign, of weeks. Right? right. I mean, look, both offenses struggling, but which quarterback would you, would you rather have? I mean, let's say, which which offense do you think can get things a, a, a little bit worse? Even though, you, look, the Jets' defense is terrific, no question about it. I think it's the deepest defense. We oftentimes, you know, talk about how deep offenses are. Uh, but I think when you look at the Jets defensively, they're not only solid, but they're very deep defensively. Um, but their offense is, is just something that's plagued them all season, and I don't see that ending. Um, and I think, again, you, you bring up a good point, too. This is a 125 start, so everything from the morning is going to be going to it. Listen, from our side of the counter today, we're going to need a balance of uh, favorites uh, uh, and dogs, right? Everybody seems to think that we it's always great when uh, you know all the dogs come in or we always need uh, underdogs. You need that balance of dogs and underdogs, Alex. So I didn't touch the Raiders-Dolphins game, but... I know Jeff is kicking himself because he's been saying all week that the Dolphins are going to blow them out, and he didn't grab the early number early on. Do yeah. you when do when do you think it's a good time to take the points with the Raiders? Do you think there is? Well, I think when you look at the Raiders now, you're getting two touchdowns right now. Let's bear in mind 
uh, uh, Sean gets back today for the for the Dolphins, and he, I think, he is officially active. And the Raiders okay. don't um, left tackle. His name escapes me right now, but they've got yeah. some offensive line injuries uh, uh, for, for the Raiders. So, I, I here's the thing with the Raiders for today: you, they certainly don't want to get into a track meet with a team that loves to get into a track meet. Col- so, Colton Miller is, is yeah, who you're trying yeah. to think of. Right, he's out. Uh, I think he's, yeah, he's out. He's officially yeah, out. which which certainly hurts, especially with with a a, a young quarterback. Um, at some point, though, you know, I, I think we'll see some some. A bit. I think right now, I mean, it's a ten o'clock Pacific kickoff. I think some more season betters, Alex. If you see fourteen and a half, you're probably going to grab it just because it's fourteen and a half, or you're going to certainly consider it. Um, but. Nothing is stopping. Mean, you got to remember, this is a game that opened 10, and then, you know, we had an adjustment, even with the adjustment when it went to 12. This is the Raiders just feasted on two teams that offensively are, are awful. And it's not like the Raiders lit up the scoreboard. Right. Right. So this is a team that we know can score and can score quickly especially in terms of the home. Dolphins. Yeah. Especially, especially at home. home. Yes. Year. Great point. Yeah. Good, good point, Alex. Survive, uh, survivor pools are interesting today. That's all I'll say. There are a lot of big favorites. There are rules in some that constrain you from taking mm-hmm. at least the two of them today if you're in it with Detroit and, and the Cowboys, if yeah. you need them on Thanksgiving. I mean, you could probably even argue that for the, the, the Dolphins at this point sure. who get thrown into that as well. Uh, the one big pothead, the Commanders, is the number one pick today, so... Uh, Faden Tommy DeVito. Once again, we do. How could they? Uh, <laughs> Guy eats better than any any player, not just quarterback. He's right. I know you. I look. I know you're rooting for Tommy DeVito. Listen, I, well, well, I can tell you this: we're going to need Tommy DeVito to 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 definitely not sing today. <laughs> okay, yeah. he needs to play quarterback some today. Yeah. Uh, again, Giants eight and a half point favorites. All right, Vinny, we'll let you get back to work. This sound like a point. All right. All right, Vinny Malio, everyone. Uh, when we get back, we'll get through the rest of the games. We'll get what we've played already and uh, and more as we roll roll on. Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the Poker Room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. 
Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket riders are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza, plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. I'm Jeff Piles. Alex White is alongside Week 11 in the National Football League, uh, more than halfway home in the NFL season. All right, let's get our thoughts on the rest of these games here. Chicago at Detroit. Bears down to eight from 10 earlier in the week, 48 the total. Fields is in, and that's really the biggest reason for the move, going from Bajan to, all things considered, was fine for an undrafted rookie who was playing in D2 a year ago. Justin Fields back, 8-48 in this one. I do have concerns about Detroit's defense, where the Lions' secondary just got annihilated last week. Now, Part of that may be on the Chargers. We know when the Chargers are right, their offense is excellent. But I am a little concerned that the Lions defense, that resurgence we saw earlier in the season, may be coming back to reality a little bit. You just set me up perfectly, Jeff, because I took over 47 and a half because we do have Justin Fields back. I do think that that offense, he'll give that offense a little spark. And the Lions defense, you're right. The first three weeks of the season, they held teams to 21 points a game. And then in the last three, 30 points on average. So both of these defenses are better against the run. So that leads me to believe that Goff and Justin Fields will have to rely on their passing game. I'm expecting this to go back and forth. And I do think the Bears hang in this one. So I went over 47 and a half. 47 and a half, the number for Alex. 48 is out there still. I guess if you want to take it, go ahead. Uh, you don't have your, uh, you know, you're not winning the 28 20, though, which is exactly what this game is lined to finish right now with that 48 and 8 right. on the Lions and the Bears. All right. Raiders and Dolphins. We talked about it with Vinny. It's open 10, it's 14 now. I, I would not chase with Miami. I do think Miami. I do think they cover this big number, but I again, if you're chasing bad numbers, it's going to not work more times than not. You're going to cost yourself money. So that's the main reason I stayed out of this because I just didn't get the good number earlier in the week. Now, if the Raiders score early and I get an in-game number that's closer to the pre-flop number, that's when I'm probably, or the beginning of the week number, I should say, that's when I'll probably be hopping in here, Alex. But I don't think I'm getting that opportunity today. It, it will be tough. And You know, I went back and forth with this game. We had on Matt Hamilton. I asked him Mm -hmm. about it because I really wanted to get an outside perspective. Um, But you're right. I mean, the Dolphins have already covered twice as a double-digit favorite, beating the Giants 31-16 as a 13-point favorite, and then the Panthers 42-21 as a 14-point favorite. Um, They're leading the league on a per-game basis in points. 31.7 total offense. And passing yards, and then they're second ranked in rushing. So they've got a lot going for them today, especially being back at home. They're four and zero at home, so it's a bad spot for the Raiders. And you know they have as seven plus point underdogs. They've already lost and failed to cover twice this year. Again, the Raiders' resurgence the last two weeks 
has been more about their opponents more than them. Uh, the Giants, we've talked about it plenty, and I don't even – they're barely an NFL team at this moment. And the Jets haven't scored a touchdown in two games. So I, look at the opponents before we overreact to this resurgence of the Raiders where it would not shock me one bit if that win on Sunday night is the final time we see the Raiders winning a game this year. Wouldn't shock me at all. With the way that their schedule breaks down, yeah, they could probably beat the Chargers or the, the Vikings, uh, Denver the final week of the season, but they are as bad of a 5-5 five and five team as you're ever going to see. And based off what we've seen on the field, they're really about a three-win team. Uh, they've just had some luck in the few of the close games they played. Last week, week one game against Denver, I think they come straight back to reality this week and get crushed in South Beach today. All right, Carolina and Dallas. I crossed this off immediately, Alex. I didn't know what to do with this because it's a funky spot for Dallas where they just crushed the Giants. Now they play another bottom feeder. They also have a short week with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. They host Washington. Uh, Carolina is bad. Carolina is real bad. But they're also on extended rest here. Of course, they played Thursday last week. That loss in Chicago. Bryce Young has been a gigantic disappointment in his rookie year. It's up to 11. 43 to total. I don't think I'm going to get there in the next 14 minutes. But if you made me bet this game, I'd take the points with Carolina. Would you? I would. I would. It just feels I'm getting double digits at home. Dallas, we've already seen once this year as a double-digit road favorite. That ridiculous loss they took at Arizona in week three. I, I don't love it. I, it's not in the account now, and it may not even make it in there in the next 13 minutes. But if you made me play this, I would just take the big number at home and hope Carolina can hold on and cover here. I think the Cowboys are very focused. I think Dak Prescott is playing been great the last very, month. very good. I actually went with Carolina under 15 and a half. Ooh, okay. So their average is 17 points a game in the last three, 13.7. And that was against the Texans, Colts, and the Bears. So now they face a top five defense who is giving up just 18.3 points a game. So I think they can hold Carolina to under that 15 and a half. I don't see them scoring two touchdowns in this game. But like you said, anything can happen any Sunday. But I don't think the Cowboys lose focus here. Yeah, I don't think Dallas is going to lose. I, I, we already saw that once. It's hard to do that twice in yeah. one season. You're, And then when it's already happened to you once, you're more likely going to not overlook anyone. Uh, but again, it's a lot of that's a lot of points to be laying on the road in the NFL. Eleven. That is a lot. So again, I would it's not in the account. It may not make it in there. Uh I do I don't mind your Carolina bet. If you're looking for a way to fade the Panthers, that might not be a bad way to do it today with a team total under. All right, Niners at Tampa's up next. Niners, I think, match up great with Tampa. Just the way Tampa plays defense. We saw the last year in that later regular season game where Purdy just Torched them the whole way. Tampa is worse than they were a year ago to me. Uh, Tampa's defense, I, really, they just, when Tampa's defense has played well this year, it's been when they've been forcing turnovers. Purdy plays a turnover-free game. This is a the San Francisco rolls here. But again, this is another one where the, the favorite has just been steamed too high for me to justify laying a, a bad number in comparison to what it was earlier in the week. I can't lay 13 and a half in this game, even though it wouldn't shock me if San Francisco wins 38 to 10, Alex. 
You're right. And that's why I had to kind of look at different places to find my bet. So I went with the Niners team total over 27 in this one. You said it perfectly. I think it's a really bad matchup for Tampa Bay and their defensive numbers have dropped. They're better against the run, but they basically have no pass rush. So I don't really think they'll be able to put pressure on Brock Purdy. And especially with who we got back last week, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, they continue to roll in this offense. Just they looked fantastic last week. I think we can get more than 27 points from the Niners here. Yeah, the Bucks defensively, as we've talked about, they gave up the 39 to Houston a few weeks ago. Last week was much better, but I think that had more to do with just Levis having a rookie game, which yeah. ha- which is going to happen, as we know. And the Bucks look, the Bucks are squarely in this in the in the NFC South, just because the nature of that division, where the Falcons announced earlier today that Desmond Ritter is going to be the quarterback after the bye. Good luck. Uh, the Saints, we've talked about. Thankfully, we don't have to talk about a Saints game this week because they're one of the more frustrating teams to deal with in the NFL, even though they're above water. Uh, Tampa has a shot to win that division, even with being highly mediocre. Uh, but that's just the nature of the beast in a division that has really been pathetic now the last two years uh, in the NFC South. All right, we've discussed this a little bit before, but I want to go back to it. Rams and Seahawks. Rams are a point and a half at home, Alex. Seahawks, we saw this matchup in week one. The Rams destroyed Seattle in their building in the second half, won that game comfortably, winning outright as a a six-and-a-half-point underdog that day. Matthew Stafford is back after missing the game two weeks ago with the thumb. They were on a bye last week. Carson Wentz, the backup today. How about that if if, uh, Stafford were to go down? Uh, But, you know, Alex, if you took the Rams earlier in the week, either getting a point or a pick, fine. I do think the Rams are going to match up great with the Seahawks. This is just one of those where you see a team two times a year, they match up very well. I'm going to wait in-game here because if Seattle gets the ball first, goes down, kicks a field goal, guess what? It's going to be either a pick or Seattle's going to be the slightest of favorites. So I'd rather just wait, see if I get that. And if I don't get it, so be it. A pass is not a bad thing here in this spot. No, it's not at all. And you're right, they do see each other very often. They know each other very well. I really wanted to cross this game off, so it's funny that I'm actually on both sides. But once I saw the Rams plus one, I knew coming off a bye week, there was a chance Stafford would play. And then I forgot to add in the revenge factor for the Seahawks. So adding that back in, I decided to tease the Seahawks up. I think it'll be a close game. I mean, both of them are going to be very motivated. The Rams, three consecutive games they lost before that bye week. So We're going to see them very motivated. And then the Seahawks, embarrassed in game one. I think they actually took the Rams lightly and weren't prepared for that game. The thing with the Rams, you know, the Rams are three and six. They don't feel like your normal three and six team where they had the injuries that really took them out of that Packer game. Uh, That ridiculous loss to Pittsburgh where they totally outplayed the Steelers in the first half and then gave that game away in the second half. I, they feel like a team that is better than their record is. And, of course, it all depended on Stafford staying healthy here. Uh, nothing for me right now, but like I said, Seattle gets an early lead, and it looks even like I think it's going to be. Maybe I'll come back on the Rams. All right, Jets at the Bills. Bills taking money this morning from 7 to 8. There's even 8.5 in the market. Total down from 40.5 to 39.5 here. Uh, it's well documented, the struggles for both of these teams. Buffalo uh, scapegoating Ken Dorsey earlier this week. He's out of a job. Joe Brady, who we know from being Joe Burrow's quarterback coach at LSU, the year they won the title, and also 
a year and a half as the OC in Carolina with the Panthers. That didn't work out. I think it more had to do with Rule than Brady. But, Alex, this is an interesting discussion this week with the Bills where I don't think the offensive coordinator switch gives you the same bump as a head coach getting fired. I just don't. Now, could there be some regression where Allen is throwing less interceptions on the flag? The ball short, of course. That's how football works. But I think this is a little bit of a market overreaction on the Buffalo side. Now, if you want to fade the Jets because they've had an inability to put the ball in the end zone, sure, I get that. But just looking at the way these two teams have played each other the last, last two years since the Jets have moved from a bottom feeder to the middle of the league, especially moving from a bottom defense to a top defense, Josh Allen has been bad in three games against the Jets. And Buffalo was fortunate to win the game last year in Buffalo where Mike White broke, broke his ribs in the middle of the game. And before Quinn Williams got hurt, the Jets gave up zero points in that game. So tread carefully if you're laying a bad number with Buffalo. It's one thing if you laid seven, but tread carefully now that it's eight and a half. Oh, definitely. That's a great point. I went under 40 and a half here. Yeah, for, I like that. For all the reasons yeah. that you just mentioned, and they do play each other very tight. I think we'll see an even lower number than we saw their first matchup because both of their offenses have digressed since then. And Buffalo has some holes in their defense. We've talked about it all year long. They had a lot of injuries. I don't know how much we'll see the Jets capitalize on that. So I think it's going to be a low scoring, kind of slow, sluggish game for us. 38 points in that first game, which is actually the fourth highest scoring Jet game so far this year. Great. Uh, just an indictment of that. Again, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown since October 29th in the first quarter against the Giants. A Brees Hall 50-yard touchdown as the last one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently claiming to uh, Jake Glazer. Jake Glazer would report this morning. Rodgers wants to return to practice on the first of December. Uh, in order for that to even happen, the Jets got to get one of these next two games against Buffalo or Miami so they're at least even playing for something in December. You'll lose the two. You're 4-7. and seven. Good night. See you later and see you in 2024. All right, Sunday Night Football. This is actually, I was making fun of this game when they kept it in, in Sunday Night Football, but you know what? Credit to both the Broncos and the Vikings. They both are playing pretty well right now. Denver with the big upset on Monday night in Buffalo after the big upset over Kansas City before the bye. Uh, we praise Josh Dobbs like crazy on this show. The incredible thing he did against Atlanta with no time of practice coming from behind winning that game. And then last week, Got a little dicey at the end, but Minnesota won. One by eight over New Orleans. Dobbs was great for three quarters. Uh, Denver's two and a half. Total's 42 and a half. Alex, I, I stayed out of this. It's a really difficult game for me. I do think Denver's the better football team at the moment. Russell Wilson's starting. Again, we're never going to see Seattle Russ again. But he's at least starting to look like, all right, a natural regression from Seattle Russ. Not the... Nathaniel Hackett Russ from last year, but at least now a, a, an above average NFL starting quarterback, which may be enough for this Denver team to get back in the mix in the AFC that's all jumbled now with the injuries and the teams underachieving. No, you're 100% right. And they've kind of figured out how to utilize him and to get this offense going. But I have to give credit. I mean, really, their defense has been defense much Defense has been improved. great the last month. Yes, they really have. So I do think the Broncos is the right side here. I do think they get this win. I actually, once I saw that three this morning, I teased that up to nine. Um, put that in with a couple of the other ones that I mentioned earlier. But I think it's a close game because, I mean, even in Denver's 
four wins. They won by an average margin of five in those. So I um I think we'll see a, a good Saturday, Sunday night game here. It'll be intriguing. I'll be intriguing. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'll say this with, with with both of these teams: where Minnesota, Minnesota six and four. The Vikings schedule is very manageable the rest of the year to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if the voting base has enough thought process on this, but Kevin O'Connell should be in the coach of the year race and maybe even in the top two if the Minnesota Vikings may make the playoffs with Cousins getting hurt before he was got hurt. Cousins is having an amazing year. This team was 0-3 also right. on top of it. And trade for quarterback and look, you're not even missing a beat with Josh Dobbs right now. I, I know people might get mad at me because the numbers other than the record are not great for Pittsburgh, but right now Tomlin and O'Connell are one, two for me in the coach of the year race in the NFL. I, that's the way that I would look at it. And Dan Campbell's right there too. If Detroit and gets the one seed, Dan Campbell might, I don't know. I'm Demeco Ryan's Demeco Ryan's. Yeah. I, if Houston makes the playoffs, right. he probably does win it. I like I said, I think we're we're just a little too excited to get there on Houston right now, and I think that may come so back to earth. Today. Curious to ask you because I know you're big on in game. What would you look for here? What on Sunday night? Yep. Probably a slow start on offense and play it over. Okay, that would be my guess. I, I, I'm not entirely sure actually. Okay, uh, maybe maybe an even game where Minnesota leads at the end of the first quarter and come back the other way. That's a tough one actually. It's not as not as formulaic as some of them are. By the way, real quick here. Washington down to seven and a half market wide, except for here. Now eight behind us. All right. Good luck, everybody, on Tommy DeVito. Uh, Miami actually finally came back a little bit. 13 and a half now okay. on the Dolphins. That makes sense that people took the, the Raiders late on that big number of 14. Oh, nope. Back to 14. Never mind. That was very, very short uh, live there. Uh, but, Alex, before we go here, and, and we'll preview this all tomorrow on the show. Because I want to give people time to go to their South Point app and bet things here. Uh, Eagles and the Chiefs. Chiefs two and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, I like Philadelphia. I'll explain it more on tomorrow's show. But I do like the Eagles in that one. And I went under 47 and a half in this one. Which I know we saw the Super Bowl. That was a pretty easy over. But I think we're going to see a different game here between these two. Especially with how we've seen them play this year. But I haven't picked a side yet. So I have time. The line has not moved at all. <laughs> So I can grab whichever one I like, and we'll figure that out tomorrow. Yeah, this is just one of those where Kansas City's defense has been so good to begin the year. I would like to see more from – it's so weird saying I'd like to see more from Mahomes, but it's true. If yeah. Kansas City's offense is going to play like this the whole season, they're even though they might accidentally make the Super Bowl with the way the AFC is, I don't like their chances against a Philadelphia or a Niners in a, in a, in a Super Bowl. But I want to see more from KC. And if KC beats me, so be it. And look, Patrick Mahomes short of three. Yeah. I understand why people are betting Kansas right. City in this game, but I just think the Eagles are better find a way on Monday night. But we'll break it down fully tomorrow. All right. That's all that we got for you here today. Make sure you get to your South Point app. Get your get your bet, bets in. Got about a minute to do it for the early window. Alex, fun as always. We'll yes. see you again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Shout out to the crew. Sean, Ryan, Jerry. Great job as always. Thank you to Vinny for hopping in as well. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you tomorrow at 3 here on Sports by the Book.